Our scripture reading for today comes from 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 through 9. Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation, now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by men but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in Scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe, this stone is precious. But to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the capstone and a stone that causes men to stumble on a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. But you, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, grace and peace to you in the name of Jesus who comes to us. So happy to be here with you this, this, today. I'm Pastor Jason, our pastor of outreach here at Cornerstone, and excited to share this message with you. You know, there's a, a question that, that certainly I was asked and probably you were asked growing up. It's a, it's a question we ask children kind of all through our lives. What do you want to be when you grow up? With the exception of Peter Pan, everybody, or most everybody, can't wait to grow up. And the reason for that is that, that desire to grow and, and develop it's one that's, that's hardwired into us, so to speak. One that, that, that comes along with the way God made us. Grow and develop, that's, that's God's mission for Adam when he puts him in the garden. As scripture tells us in Genesis chapter 2, it says the Lord put the man in the garden to work it, to grow it, to develop it, to improve it. That's something that's wired into all of us. It's actually the same desire that we see the serpent corrupt and, and, and twist we see that in Genesis chapter 3, where the serpent says to Eve, when she wants to, or he wants her to eat from the, the forbidden tree, and she says, God said we'll die. And the serpent says, no, he knows you won't die. What will happen is you'll, you'll get more knowledge and you'll grow to be like God. That growth desire, that development desire is the same thing that the serpent twists 
when he's deceiving Eve. And the reason that that was so easily used against Eve and, and later Adam as well is that another part of the way we're wired is that we're, we're always looking for, for the fastest way, for the shortcut, right? Think about those, those late night infomercials you see with, with diet pills and, and weight loss devices, the, the shake weight and things like this. And what's the promise there? They promise quick, effortless results. And that's attractive to us, right? But if you've ever used one of those products, you know the results are usually poor. They often do nothing, or sometimes they even might have negative effects for us. What does it actually take to, to lose weight and, and to keep it off? It takes going to the gym day after day and, and changing eating habits, healthier foods, sustainably, long term. Another example, when I was in, in 10th grade, I took geometry class, and about halfway through the year, the teacher decided there was going to be a change to the homework policy so that we only had to do as many problems as, as we felt it needed to understand and grasp the concept. Well, so how many, how many problems do you think I did? <laughs> Not very many most nights, right? And my homework got done a lot faster. But when it came time to take the test, I didn't know too much geometry. There's no way to shortcut or fast-track growth, is there? All good growth, whether it's getting healthy or, or learning a new, a new skill or activity or even spiritual growth, all good growth is, is slow and deliberate. And the title of our message today is, is Speeding Up the Process, but it's a little bit to say we can't quite do that. You know, it's born out of this idea that especially after this year that we've come out of, where we've been kind of on, on pause or, or in park. We all want to speed the change and speed the improvement. And, and it, as we come back into our church life and our church routines, we want to speed that up too. But good growth, good growth is slow and deliberate. Slow and deliberate, that's the metaphor that Peter gives us in the, the reading that we shared as he compares it to newborn infants, right? He says, like newborn infants crave that pure spiritual milk. If you've been a parent, if you are a parent, or even if you've spent time around children, you know there's, there's no way to fast track the growth of a child. Much as you might want to sometimes, as you, as you really might want your baby to finally sleep through the night or, or to, to hurry up and be done with diapers or, or for your teen to stop knowing everything and finally listen to some advice. As much as you might want to, there's no way to fast track it. You'll look backwards, sure, and you'll say the time went quick, and where did it go? And, and that's true. But what's also true is there is no shortcut through any of those phases. It's good, and, it, and it's pleasing when your child grows and to watch them develop, but there is no shortcut to it. And in the same way, your desire for spiritual growth that's part of God's good design for you. It's that thing the devil corrupted, but it, it's not in itself bad. It's part of God's good design. It's something that God delights in, just as you delight in the, the growth, the development of your child. God delights in your spiritual growth. Jesus is the example for this, right? Like so many things. We read about uh, in the Gospel of Luke in chapter 2, it says Jesus grew in, in wisdom and stature and favor with God, excuse me, with God and with men. 
He grew in favor with God as he was growing in wisdom and stature. And so we know that this is good in God's eyes. It's good in God's eyes when we grow spiritually, but, but even Jesus, as he embodies the human experience, even he spent years learning from others. Spiritual growth, it's, it's good in God's eyes. It delights him, but it can't be shortcutted and it can't be fast-tracked. So God gives us what we need for, for good growth. Uh, but before we talk about, about how to go about that, one, one important truth for us to keep in mind. Again, this is all compared, right? The metaphor Peter uses is, is a, uh, like a newborn infant. You know, you were born into your biological family without doing anything. Your earthly family, that is. If you're not of your biological family, it, it fits the same. You were born into or, or, or brought into an earthly family without doing anything. And that will always be your family. You don't have to do anything to, to maintain that relationship, that identity. That's always your family. It's not like a club, right, where you have to, where you have to pay membership dues. Your relationship, your identity as part of God's family is the same. It's not dependent on growth. Just as your identity in your own family, your earthly family, is not dependent on how, how smart you get or how well you grow, in the same way, your identity as part of God's family is not dependent on growth. So this isn't a membership talk, right? It's, it's not about how many dollars you have to contribute or, 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 or people you have to recruit. Both of those are good things, by the way, but, but there is no number attached to it. That's the difference. There's no requirement of you of any kind, in fact. Last week, we talked about the idea that you already are enough. Your faith, if, even if it's small and struggling, you already are enough because Jesus did everything you need. And so there is no requirement attached. There is no have to with this. But if you want to grow, that's good. That's good, and it's God-pleasing. I certainly affirm that as well. So if that's something that you're looking for, let's talk a little bit about that framework for spiritual growth. Like newborn babies, Peter says, crave pure spiritual milk. What is that spiritual milk? Well, let's think again as we're having this newborn infant metaphor. Let's think again about, about, about the milk an infant would crave. Mother's milk, right? The milk of a mother, it's, it, it's given to me without my doing anything for it, it's given to me from, from outside of me. It's singularly focused on nourishment and growth and comes from one single source. That's what Peter says. Put everything else aside. Look at that one single source. So the idea here is crave the things given to you for your nourishment and from one source. Jesus points us toward that. In two different places, he points us toward what that might be. First, when the devil tries to get him to crave all sorts of other things, when he's out there in the desert in Matthew chapter 4 and he's tempting him and he wants him to crave, to run after all sorts of other things, Jesus says, man does not live by bread alone, but what does he live by? Lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. So that's the first one. Second time, Jesus points us toward this source of nourishment for us, source of growth for us. It's, it's John chapter 6. After he puts himself forward as, as the bread of life, and, and the Jews get all riled up about this. 
Jesus says, Very truly I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. But then he says, Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. So pure spiritual milk, this thing that Peter's encouraging you to, to, to crave and to long for. Pure spiritual milk for you. Everything you need to grow strong in the Lord comes from the gifts that he, the gifts that he gives you. God's word and his son's body and blood. Freely held out to you. Day by day in your, in your personal devotion and as you gather with others in, in study and fellowship in small groups or Bible studies. Even here, week after week in worship. So that's where the, the foundation for spiritual growth comes from. Now, now, what does it look like? How do I know if I'm growing spiritually? Peter goes on to say, you'll grow from this if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. And there's a, a pretty clear allusion here to, to Psalm 34 where, where the psalmist writes, taste and see that the Lord is good. And so the markers of spiritual growth that Peter is pointing to as he, as he points us back to that passage, just, just let me read those words for you uh, briefly. This is Psalm 34, verse 8, and then we'll jump down a bit. Psalm 34, verse 8 says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Fear the Lord, you holy people, for those who fear him lack nothing. And then a few verses later, he'll, he'll tell us, what, what does that mean, fear the Lord and take refuge? This is verse 11. Come, my children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. So here's what it is. Whoever of you loves life and desires to see many good days, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from telling lies. Turn from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. So this is about... This is about how you live your life and interact with the world. You'll know you're growing spiritually. You'll know you're, you're benefiting from this pure spiritual milk as you begin to see the gifts of God, the reminder of his grace and communion and the guidance found in his word. As you begin to see those gifts impact your relationships with other people around you, right? how you deal with them with, with honesty and integrity, how you speak to them or, or speak about them, loving truth when necessary, or, or words of hope and encouragement, just the same way we see Jesus doing. When you see those, those gifts of God, that, that pure milk, begin to impact your relationships with people around you and also your interactions with the world, how you spend your time and your resources, right? And we could spend months worth of sermons uh, talking about what does it mean, those words from the Psalms, what's good versus evil, the intricacies of, of what it looks like to seek peace and what peace means. We could talk a long time about that, but I'll just say this. It becomes more and more clear the more time you spend being nourished in God's word. And so spiritual growth is making use of those gifts that God gives, the promise of grace through, through his supper, the, the guidance of his word, and, and putting that into practice and having that impact and be reflected more and more in your life and your, your interactions in the world. But you know, as we're, as we're talking about, about what it looks like to, to crave spiritual milk and, and to grow from it, these, these things about studying individually and, and in small groups and gathering in worship to receive the Lord's Supper, 
know, these might be, for some of you, the, the exact things you, you haven't been doing over the past year. These are among the many things that, that were closed off by, by COVID and quarantine, and, and maybe they're, they're no longer a part of your routine, or some part of that has dropped away. Even as we've started coming back to worship in greater numbers in person, uh, many of you have come with, with apologies, with apologies for having been away so long, or, or maybe you're, you're still not quite back yet, and you're feeling some things about that. Let me say this to you. You are loved. You are loved by your, by your CLC family, and, and most importantly, by your Savior. There's no guilt in Christ, only freedom and peace and grace. We're pleased, we're excited to have you back. Whenever you're comfortable coming back, we're excited to have you. And without even a hint of, of resentment or, or hard feelings, we have, as you and your family come back to us, we have only joy about that. Only excitement about that. And I'm speaking, I'm speaking for all of our pastors and all of our staff here as I say that. You are loved. But if, if you found in, in the midst of all this, this crazy year and, and now plus some that we've been in, if you found that your craving for God's word and, and the growth that comes from that has dulled a little bit, and we know cravings can dull, right? If you've, if you've ever gone off coffee or quit smoking, you know that that intense craving, it gets weaker and weaker with time. And in the case of some of those habits, that's good, but when we're talking about our spiritual growth, we don't necessarily want that to dull. If you've noticed that you're craving for, for growth, for time in God's word, for the, the gift of his supper, if you notice that's become more, more dull during our time away, let, let me also say, not only that you are loved and we're glad that you're back, but let me also say that, that Now's a great time to revive that. You know, several years ago, I, I tried uh, what's called a plant-based diet. Maybe some of you have done that. Maybe some of you more successful than me. Tried this plant-based diet. Uh, no meats, no sugars, no processed food, no good stuff, essentially. And at first, I missed my favorite comfort foods, right? But as I ate more and more of the, the plant-based foods, you know, something pretty surprising happened. I found that, that a peach was more, import, more appetizing, more appealing to me than a candy bar. That a crisp salad was more interesting than a hamburger. My cravings, in other words, changed to reflect the things that I was consuming. So if you're looking to reinvigorate your spiritual growth, to get that craving back again, now is a great time to take another look at, at what you're consuming or what you might want to be consuming. Your old routines are, are long gone after, after a year or more away, and so you have this unique opportunity, this unique opportunity to start again, to look with fresh eyes at how, how you might engage. We call discipleship around here, right? Uh, small. to re-engage and look again at where you can serve it at any of our sites or who you can place in your school. Speaking for, for all of us again, we would, we would love to explore that with you. And so certainly invite you and encourage you to have that conversation with any of our pastors, any of our staff, 
I hope you will. I hope you will for your good. Not because God says so, but because he delights in it. You'll always be part of, part of this family that you were born into. That promise of baptism will be yours whether you, if you never read another Bible verse. God's promise is still your promise and, and you'll always be welcome here. But don't be a spiritual Peter Pan clinging on and refusing to grow up. Don't do that because there's, there's so much more available to you. As you focus more and more on, on God's word and his, his good gifts to you, and the words of scripture, his communion meal, and as your cravings start to change, not only will you want more of that, you'll start to see its impact in your life too. How you look at others and how you show up in the world, how you engage in the church and beyond. You will see growth. It will be exciting for you, fulfilling for you. I promise it will. And one more promise, we're here to help with that. In Jesus' name, amen.